The, the wolves did not pass with a big majority, but it's state law now. Now, now they're releasing wolves in there. And so they're trying to get their foot in the door. And this is where I'm going with all this. We got to put all our differences aside right now. All, you know, I hate influencers. I don't hate influencers. You know, I, 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 I hate the research services. I don't hate the research services. I hate the guy that shoots a two point buck. I don't hate the guy. That, I mean, all this stuff is just dividing us and we got to get together on this and we have got to beat this or we won't even be worried about uh, deer tag dates in Colorado 20 years from now. We may not even be hunting. Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Hey, Rockslide World, Robbie Denning here. I wanted to introduce today's guest. Uh, he is a bro from another mo. Now I know we all walk around calling each other brothers, but today's guest, I truly feel a connection with this guy. We love mule deer. We have a passion for hunting them and talking about them. And unless you've been in a coma for about 10 years, you should already know who I'm talking about. Mark Muley Slayer Smith. Hey, buddy, you out there? I'm here, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, good, good to have you. Hey, good to be here, man. That's quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I, I mean it, dude. We've all, we've always had a connection. And for, for listeners, if you don't know Mark, man, jump on Instagram. I mean, he's probably in the feed right now. Uh, but uh, but but Mark Muley Slayer, uh, look for it's Muley Slayer one on Instagram, right, Mark? Yeah, somebody had beat me to it. Uh, I've been on Instagram ten years. This year, I started in 2014, and somebody had beaten me to Muley Slayer, so I had to put a one on there. Let them know who number one was. No, I'm just kidding. But Dude, I'm no, a Muley Slayer. Were, <laughs> no, you were over screwing around on Facebook. I remember you were you're you're Muley Slayer on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. It's still there Muley you go. Slayer see, so you're over there Facebook. screwing around, dude. All us young guys even though I'm older than uh, all yeah. those young guys were on Instagram waiting for you to come over. So of course you lost Muley Slayer yeah. on Instagram. Somebody beat you to it. Does that guy even post? No, I don't even know who he is, but anyway, I look every once in a while. He's still out there, but he don't do anything. But right, yeah, him, dude, I'll, I'll buy the account for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Offer my white bow. Hey man, I'll give you a bow. If you'll just let me have that name. It don't matter. People look, I, you know what, man? It's uh, I, I'm a very slow, organic growing guy. To have been on 10 years and only have 10,000 followers is like, I don't even like when I hit 10,000, I thought, oh my gosh, man, I have arrived. But in today's world, there's guys that I don't even know who they are. I've got 15,000, but I'll tell you what, I have a great connection with all 10,000 that I do have. So <laughs> I guess I'll just keep exactly, it small. Exactly, Mark. And I think, you know, that if you want to hit those high numbers, I mean, I can take them or leave them. But, yep. you know, you got to be a little bit controversial. You got to be real flashy. I mean, I, I really don't know what the recipe is, but I would much rather just have a guy like you out there isn't going crazy with a bunch of followers, but he's just, he's for real. I mean, you're shooting hogs, you're shooting does, you're shooting big bucks, you're going all over the place. You know, you just don't have that influencer vibe. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, dude, followers, eh, that's like, you know, so 2015, not even worried about that. I'd rather have, you know, 500 guys that, that, that yeah. 
I can hang with and, you know, 50,000 and, and there's just no connection there. And, and that's, that, that's really why I've always followed you, Mark. Cause it's, it's, uh, it, it's just good vibes, man. It's good, good vibes you put off. You're, you're a real person. You, you can feel it in your posts. You know, I met you in person many times. You're no different in person than you are online. You know, that says a lot right there. And, um, so, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You don't have a hundred thousand followers, but dude, there's a lot of weight that comes along with big followers like that. Uh, having yeah. Big numbers like that, you know, and man, I, other people can have that. Now, if you're an Instagram hater and you're already pounding on the dash and you think Instagram should go away, hey man, you're missing the party. There's a lot of good things that happen on social media. And I learned this from Mark. Um, at one of your seminars, Mark, you were talking about it, that social media is, it's just social media. It's neutral. It can be good or bad. I can't remember quite how you explained it, but but you, you were talking about all the good that is out there. And there is, there is, there's a lot of good on there. There's a lot of connection. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're fighting some, uh, some anti-hunting forces right now. And there's, there's, there's a gathering on social media and I don't include Rockslide in that too, um, of guys that are kind of like seeing that, wow, man, there's a lot of people against us. We got, we got to get together. Well, you know, you can't do that with print newspaper. You know, it's not 1970 anymore. That's where people are. And especially, uh, I, I'm 54, Mark, you're 53, aren't you? Yep. Yep. I'll be 54 in August. Gotcha. And so, you know, all kind of our age and down, all those guys are on on those social media platforms and and yeah. you know i'd much rather have a presence like you out there kind of showing how showing people how it's done and you know um you know being a nice guy that's the nice guys don't always finish last no matter what you've heard and and just showing people <laughs> you know how you act and everything mark i mean you do you don't even do this on purpose too but that's the kind of vibe that, that you put out there on your pages and everything and, and i really appreciate it i think it's one reason that we've become friends yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. I feel the same way about you, bro. Since the day I met you, you know, uh, Snyder introduced us there at the expo many, many, many years ago. Uh, well, that's why you asked me to write the forward of your book. We just have a deeper connection and a lot of, to have never, to have never shared a camp, we're about as tight as it gets. So really appreciate you, man, and what you do. We shared, we shared a virtual camp last year on the yeah. podcast. We're going to talk about that today. You didn't get around to listening to it, dude, but you were there for the whole stock. You just didn't know it, man. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. So anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll leave the, the listeners hanging on, on what we mean by all that. But uh, so let, today what we were going to do is, you know, primarily talk about uh, the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo that's coming up. Oh, I think it's Feb Wednesday, February 15th through roughly Sunday. I think that's the 19th right around in there. I don't have a calendar in front of me. This episode will come out oh, a week and a half or so before that. And, um, uh, we want to kind of drum up support for that. Uh, Western hunting and conservation has, is, is exactly that it's conservation, especially for mule deer. And, uh, that's actually where I first met you, Mark. And I think it was 2013 or 14. It might've been 14. Um, you have always done seminars. I think you've only missed what one year and 10 years down there. Yeah, I started in 2011 doing seminars. And then, of course, I didn't go the year they didn't have it, which was COVID. And then I came back a couple of years. And then last year, um, I had a lot of loss at that time in my life. I um, lost my father-in-law and mother-in-law right around that time. And it just was not, I was not in a place to be saying, talking to people <laughs> at that time. So I skipped last year. And that's the only one I purposely has skipped since 2011. But um, I, the invite's always there for my brother, Ray Crow, and the, and the, the gang over at Sportsman's for Fish and Wildlife and Mule Deer Foundation. They have just an open invite to me. Almost anything I want to do there. Just been a, I'm a lifetime member of the Mule Deer Foundation. 
And man, I have brought them a lot of members just by talking about the importance of mule deer, especially at that show and, and the habitat and what we what we do as sportsmen for them. So yeah, that that show, I've quit going to all hunting shows. I don't go to ATA, um, ISE shows. I used to do all those and a shot show every once in a while, but I, I save my vacation and this is me giving back to mule deer. They give me a platform. And, and Ray kind of takes care of me like on a hotel, but everything else, man, is donation. It's all on me. I go and I fly there on my dime to go give back to Mule Deer on that stage and to um, represent Mule Deer and my sponsors. Like I, I fell in love with Mule Deer when I first ever saw them, you know, years and uh, shoot long time ago, 94, when I saw the first Mule Deer, I was 24 years old. And, and I, that was a long time ago, man. What is that? Like 30 years ago? yeah and i when i first saw them i went these things are special these are such special animals and and i just fell madly in love with them and and back then it was all about what can i do to get one on the ground and now it's like man what can i just what can i do for them so i fly out to salt lake and I represent my partners. I don't like to talk about sponsors, but my partners like Boyd Badlands and all my all my partners, Crispy Boots and, and all that, Vortex. I go out there and I represent those brands on stage. People see my pictures. They know the equipment I use. We talk about equipment, but the real reason we're all sitting in that room is about mule deer and how to be good stewards of that species and hunt them the right way. And when I say the right way is um, get out and get after it and hunt them the right way. Try to make sure we're taking the right ones and kind of want to talk about that a little bit too talking about social media and which bucks we should and should not be shooting that's um that one's under my skin big time right now we have much much bigger fish to fry than what size of bucks guys should be shooting and um i've been seeing some stuff lately that man is really driving me nuts about well, hey, <laughs> which size that right now since we're still kind of on the social media theme right now um go into that a little bit more because we didn't talk about this off air i think i know no. where you're gonna go but let's let's yeah. hear no man, no man, not me, not you, not the governor of Colorado, not one single man on planet Earth has the right to tell another man what size buck or age class he should be shooting. That is absolutely, it goes against man code, in my opinion, because you don't know. You don't know. It don't matter how many I've shot. It don't matter if I've killed 50 mule deer bucks, 150 mule deer bucks, or five mule deer bucks. If I went out tomorrow and I shot a one year old forked horn, I'm 54, I'm 53 years old. You, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know why I shot that. And, and, and it's none of your business. And if I post it up there, if you have something positive to say about it, say, great way to go. If you don't shut your mouth and move along, scroll on by and go talk to somebody else. But it's absolutely none of your business. What I chose to do. I, the state said, here's a, here is a tag. State's not telling me anything. Here's a tag to go kill one legal buck. I go kill one legal buck. That's the end of the story. What's the what's the story, Mark? You know, but why did you shoot a fork at horn? Why did you shoot a three point? Why did you shoot a two hundred and twenty inch non typical? Because I saw him, or I wanted, I needed. This year, Colorado, me and Duggar. Colorado, I, I love Colorado. I, I have skin in the game, Colorado. I lived there a long time. I'm still a member. I just renewed my Colorado Bow Hunters. I did a three year membership with Colorado Bow Hunters Association. Henry Ferguson, chairman over there, great friend of mine. He's a um, mule deer hunter. I belong to the found i belong to the archery groups to all of the states that i hunt i just think that's a they need their numbers up i want to support that i'm a utah bowman i'm a colorado bow hunters 
anyway, I, 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 I like to support those things. And, and I was in Colorado this year. In Colorado, they've moved some seasons back. And, and they've added a bunch. Of, so I hunt Southern Colorado. They move the hunts later in the year. I hunt migration hunts with my rifle down there. When I'm not hunting high country bucks above timberline, I go down to Southern Colorado, right on the New Mexico border. I hunt deer. I can get the tag every two, three years, something like that. And I hunt migration deer that come out of the high country, headed down to New Mexico to winter. A few years ago, they changed the, the, the structure of the season. They moved the season later in the year. And they brought on a youth hunt that is absolutely, I think they, some guys were going to sue the state of New Mexico over this youth hunt because every well hand that knows that country down in northern New Mexico that has a child that gets a youth tag, they have a rifle hunt around Thanksgiving. It is super, super sad to see this. Every kid's out there shooting. I'm talking 9, 10, 12, however, however old you have to be in New Mexico. Let's say 12-year-old kids, they're out shooting 200-inch bucks, 190-inch bucks, 180-inch bucks. Every outfitter puts their kid in for it, every resident. And who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't put their kid in for this hunt? Well, they're mowing down age-class deer in northern Colorado, New Mexico in November. They're, I mean, they are absolute. Nobody's killing milk on their lip pork and horns. They're all killing four, five-year-old bucks plus. And so you start taking that many out of the herd and then Colorado and they got together and they said they're doing it for CWD. We want to take the older age class deer out and we want to, for whatever reason, that's what they've decided. It moved the seasons. That way more mature deer are getting hammered and they are getting hammered. They're killing the crap out of them. Well, I fell victim to something this year, Robbie, and I'm not proud to say it, but me and Duggar had our tags. We went down, we hunted four days. So this is where someone would say, well, why did you kill that deer? It was the only good one you saw. Because I fell into the trap of, I killed the first nice buck I saw. Four days went by, I didn't see anything. I'm talking, not, where I typically am passing 160 to 170 inch bucks almost daily. Like I just, I'm looking for 180 or better. I'm looking for one, I'm looking for something big. You, you know, me and Duggar, we're looking for age class deer. Not trophy, not score at all. We're looking for big old gray face, pot belly. That deer I killed in 2020 was 12 years old. Gigantic body, four by three. Big old heavy horns, but he was old. That was the kind of deer we kill on those hunts. Because you're hunting migration deer. If you don't, if you see one you like, you shoot it right now because he's headed down, he's headed south. He's not coming back through here. You don't, you're never going to see him again unless you travel 20 miles down river and hunt him somewhere else right so and get super lucky yeah and get super lucky so we're sitting there and and day one goes by and i'm talking no bucks day one maybe one day two day three it gets over to like day four or five and we're trying to for two reasons right it was mine jeremy jeremy duggar is my number one mule deer hunting buddy oh muley mojo there on instagram it was our 20 it was our 25th anniversary of mule deer hunting together special time mm -hmm. he bought a really nice camera and his nephew um has a page and they do they he he's producing some pretty decent quality hunting videos hunting content very heartfelt it captures the whole essence of family hunting and um lucky ridge outdoors is the name of this uh youtube page it's his nephew um, Garrett Duggar, and he does a wonderful job of making these videos. Jeremy bought a really high end, you know, 4K Panasonic, whatever, blah, blah, blah camera. 
And he's like, you know, man, we haven't been getting any kills. Garrett makes some of the best films out there, but he never gets any kills. Like, we don't hardly ever get kills on video. Like, we need to kill something on this hunt. When he said that, I'm like, dude, it's our 25th year of hunting together. We do need to shoot a mule deer together. And Jeremy, you know him. He's like kind of like you. He's not going to shoot one unless it's just gigantic or outside or something really, really, really old and what he would consider very special. He's just not going to shoot another mule deer unless it's something like that. That's his choice. I'm not that guy. I'm a process mm -hmm. guy. I fill out my application. I train. I practice. I hunt hard. I want to see it. I want to see everything come. I, I, I'm a meat eater. I'm, I'm there to get meat, not just trophies. And I, I'm happy with everything I kill. I'm happy with every... Duggar will tell you that. Mark, man, Mark, yep. oh, he's jealous of me because I'm happy with what I shoot. And I'm not asking permission from any elitist out there. I'm, I got my tag legally. I'm going to shoot what I want. Well, I fell into the trap. What I'm getting to is all these days go by, we see nothing. And it's apparent, wow, something has happened here. We're still seeing the same amount of does, 150 does. We're not seeing any bucks, nothing with age class on it. Everything is tiny, two points, two by three spikes, things like that. Nothing. Well, guess what? The first 150-inch four-point chocolate antler gray cape four-point I see, to me, looks bigger than he actually is because that's the first one I saw on the hunt. That's yeah. honest. That's honesty. I looked down there and I went, Ducker, I'm going to pound that buck. He goes, what buck? I said, right here. He's coming up the oak brush from us. He just come up out of the drainage. He's coming up. He's going to be under us. I got it. And he's got the camera rolling. I think he's on the deer. I'm like... You got him, you got him, you got him. And then Duggar finally, he's like, man, I got the camera pointed in that direction. But from where I was standing, shooting straight downhill, he didn't have the deer in frame. So he, we didn't even get it on camera anyway. But you get the sound, you know, he, we, he gets the shot, but you don't get the impact. Which the older I get, the less I care about seeing the animal impact. And I really don't like watching animals die, if I'm being honest. I just, I love hunting. Killing is necessary. I don't necessarily like animals dying. I'm pretty soft in my old age. <laughs> I just don't like to see them die. So guess what? We don't have the impact of the bullet on the deer on camera, but you can hear it from my 257 Weatherby. I shot the deer at 260 yards. So you hear the boom, a bullet so hits. You edited it out. Is that what you're saying? Or he just didn't catch it? No, he just didn't get it. The deer was below us and Got he it. just had the camera in that direction, but from, he would never have seen the deer, but they're migrating deer moving. And this is a 20, four inch four point looks nice heavy deep forked in the back looked much bigger than he actually was i shot him dumped him in his tracks and duggar we live roll we go down there and it's like lackluster like it's lackluster because it's not 100 and, i thought i was shooting a 160 inch deer and mm -hmm. and i'm not a trophy guy i've never i've got i don't i, I have countless pope and young bucks I've never put one in. I've got two Boone and Crockett's. I've never put one in the book. I don't, that's not my thing. I just talk score. So we know what we're talking about. I'm more interested in age of deer than, um, than, than, than trophy quality, right. Of, of, of score wise. Yep. I'm not, I'm not interested in that as much as I am. Did I shoot the right bucks? And I absolutely did not shoot what I believe is the right buck in Colorado, but he was the biggest one I saw. So I fell into that trap. You can say, is that hunter error? Would you have taken it back? Well, I already lowered my standards because of the stupid video camera. We want to get this deer. We want to have completion. We want to have a full cycle. We want to have 25 years of experience, two guys going out that are mule deer lovers. We really want to have a mule deer 
to celebrate at the end of this thing. The real hero of the movie is the mule deer. We want to have one. And so I shot one to make sure we have one. When I got down there and I'm like, Duggar didn't have to say a word. He just looked at my face. I looked at him. I'm like, what a beautiful animal. And I just start talking about how beautiful the animal is. And then once the camera's off and all the, everything, the bucks on my pack and the camera's turned off, we looked at each other. And I said, that is exactly the buck I would come here to kill in about three years. He goes, yeah, I know. I, and then you saw, I think I saw it on your face when you walked up on him. You knew right then this is a deer on any other year. You would never have shot that deer. I said, I would never have shot this deer. Not ever. I'm not happy that I, I'm not unhappy that I have him. I have the meat. I got the horns forever. But in a herd that they're mowing down all of the age class, the last thing we need to be doing, I personally, see, I'm speaking of me. I didn't need that deer. I didn't need, I don't, it's 2024, man. I'm going to Safeway. I don't have to shoot a deer to eat, but that's the same terminology. That's the same vocabulary that the antis are using. Well, you don't need the meat. He can go to Safeway. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want the meat. Mm-hmm. I come out to Colorado every year or every other year or New Mexico or wherever. When I come home, I want meat. Um, that particular deer though, <laughs> lack of planning on my part, I was leaving straight from Colorado to go to Kansas for 10 days to hunt whitetails. So what I ended up doing was I took that deer to Jeremy's processor and I paid up front. I paid 190 bucks out of my pocket up front to the processor. I said, here's the donation tag. I fill that out and I'm going to process this. And I want Jeremy will donate it to someone. And there's, and there's a, a Navajo family down there that they take that meat and they give it to their church every year. And they have big cookouts and they do things like that and feed families with it. So the deer went to a great cause. I donated a whole deer. My wife's kind of half ticked at me when I told her, she's like, we're not going to have mule deer meat for a whole year. And that's her favorite. Mule deer is her favorite. I said, I know, mm-hmm. but I have to do the right thing with the meat. I can't have it on ice for 15 days or whatever. I was like, I, I feel like this is the right thing. I need to do this. So, so no one has a right to tell me that I shot the wrong deer. The state gave me a permit to legally go take a deer. I had my reasons for taking that deer. I don't regret it. I don't regret taking a deer that was four years old. I think that was like a four-year-old deer, maybe three-year-old. No, he was no younger than three, but he was no, three I'm looking four. at him right now. He's a pretty nice buck. And I think and, if anybody and, goes on the Mealy Slayer one and goes back to his October 29th post, there's probably yeah. 80, close to 90% yeah. of guys would have shot With a bow and arrow? Yeah. With with a bow and arrow, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. With a bow, Because bow and arrow changes everything for me. Uh, just my, I'm not, like I said, if it's, man, 150 inch four point with a bow and arrow is going to get it every time just because of how hard and I'm coming in from a non-resident. I'm not, I'm not the mule deer aficionado like everybody else living in mule deer country out filming them every day. I'm a guy that needs to come out and get my experience for one week every year or every other year. I, I put in for my tags. I spend the premium for the non-resident permit. I take the vacation. I come out. I have every right to bring whatever home with me that's legal. That's my right. And I should be able to do that with a bow and arrow. Those standards are much lower than with a rifle just because of how hard bow hunting is. But that was a nice deer. But what I'm saying is someone could look at that and go, why did Smith kill that deer? Why did Muley Slayer? Oh, he's the Muley Slayer already. He kills everyone he sees. No, I got caught in the trap. That was the biggest one I saw. I have remorse over what I really wish is that. I could have saw some 200 inches or some 180 inches. And that's what people would say. Well, if you'd have left him alone, 
you'd have had a 180 incher. Well, it's more than that for me, right? It's more than that for me because honestly, the deer wasn't going to survive. He had to go, he had to continue way, man. It was only halfway through the season and he was going to, you know, from the kind of bucks we were seeing, he probably would have got pounded for sure down, downstream somewhere, or maybe he wouldn't have, maybe he would have made it. Maybe he would have made it. And maybe I would have had a chance to shoot him two or three years later. So I don't want this to sound like I'm, I'm all over the place, but no one has a right to tell another man what he should or should not shoot. That is just, that is just my belief to my core. And yeah, and, and follow, I, following you here, that's what I'm trying to reconcile is that you're saying at, at the beginning, you were saying, hey, nobody has a right to tell anybody yeah. else what to shoot. But you're then, I don't know if you're really criticizing your deer, you're saying, hey, I wish I could have got a bigger one. I wish, but I wish there were. Where's more your regret? Ones? That's what I'm trying to, trying to know. Where's your regret? What, what the do you regret, mean by so the regret for me is I regret that he wasn't bigger than older and bigger than he actually was. And so but, what do you mean by you got caught in a trap? What what do you mean? You like you're, Because you're, I saw the first I shot the first nice one I saw because I got caught in the you, 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 hey man, look, you got to you're going to have to um you know when you're self-help, when you self you prep yourself for a hunt, right? You're like, "Hey, look, don't just shoot the first thing you see, man." And I've been that with Duggar many, many times, man. And and that's how I've gotten my biggest bucks is we coach each other. Hey, let's, you know, when we're hunting down in New Mexico, hunting resident deer on some of those hunts, we may hunt for a week and not see a deer. But when we see one, it's like the right deer. Well, when you go on a hunt on a migration route, you're typically looking at, man, a lot of bucks every day and a lot of bucks coming through every day. And so when they weren't there like the norm, when you haven't been seeing any bucks, and then you see a pretty nice one, it's going to look bigger than it actually is, right? Is that, that's what I'm okay, talking about. You don't mean I got caught in the trap of, oh, I'm Uli Slayer. I got to kill a buck every year. You're not talking. No, 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 no. I caught myself up in, man, for a seasoned guy that's been hunting mule deer for 30 years, they still can trick me. He tricked me because I thought I was shooting a whole nother age class bigger deer than what I actually shot. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And so Glad when I walked down there, yeah. No, no, no. I didn't do anything wrong legally or spiritually, or I just got caught in what I call the trap of, look, man, you're, you're, you, you, you finally saw one that with a little scrutiny, you would have known, Hey, you know what, man, I'm just not going to, this is just not the buck I came here to shoot. But when I pulled the trigger, I thought he was the buck I came there to shoot. But that's a, that's like me and Duggar talk about that hunt a lot as pro grade. So this isn't a, where we hunt, you don't get to set up and have the opportunity to set on glass and scrutinize a deer for days or hours on end and decide oh, you whether he's shoot him when you, you see, see him. him. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have 30 seconds, sometimes you may have 10 seconds, sometimes you don't even have that much. You have to be skilled and you have to be savvy and you need to know what you're doing. Um Bottom line, it don't matter. If you're happy with the buck you shot and you're legal and you got the meat, none of that matters. But when you're like after a certain age class deer or a certain size of deer, then you you got to make some quick decisions. I made a quick decision. I've made that same decision and shot deer. I walked up and they were 192 inches when I thought they were 180. That ha with, with the one that was in David Long's book. The hell whole um, yeah, Satan's whole buck. I thought, up, yeah. I thought I shot a 180 inch four point. When I got to him, I had 192 inch four point. This no, the same thing, but that was the biggest buck we saw the whole season. Jumped him, he was running. I shot him offhand at 300 yards. I mean, it was just a real fast 
deer drive type deal. I saw a big frame, knew it was a mature deer. He was a giant deer body wise. I shot him. He had ground growage. This one here had some shrinkage. So I walked down there. It was on me how to like, no one else has a right to tell me I shot the right deer, the wrong deer, because it's as long as it's legal. And as long as it's like, it was kosher, man. The whole thing was kosher. It was. Got, it got was so I, want, I want to ask you something else, though, because you started off the story with saying, "Man, they're just hammering all these bucks. The buck age class is going down, down." I don't, I don't think any of us would argue that. Where Colorado moved all those seasons back, second season is now third season, third season is now fourth season, fourth yeah, season. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, we're, we're we're putting pressure on the older older age class bucks. So that's how you started the conversation, um, yeah. and and so it sounds like you're not happy about that. So where do you vent that frustration that you're not happy about that? If you're not, if you're not calling out people for shooting smaller deer, where, 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 where do we influence this change? If, or even are there? You saying it's okay, don't even change it. I mean, where are you going with all that? What I'm saying, I liked it. <laughs> I like things when they're harder and when they're harder, that when things are harder, the opportunity, well, it's just the deer. So when the seasons were earlier, Mm-hmm. The mature bucks mo- start moving down out of the high country a little later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Yep. Um, I just think by moving the dates later, when Colorado moved those dates structure later, and then you're catching more of the mature bucks on mm-hmm. what would used to be the third season, which was harder to draw, more quality hunt. Well, you now that's the first one, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're, and so, um, realistically now the third and fourth seasons if you don't have private land access just by moving the hunts later and then in conjunction to that same time frame having that that hunt in new mexico where those deer end up it's it's put a hurting on those deer and so all of us i think they did the what i'm saying that they did the job they needed to do i think they've achieved what they were set out to do i hope they change it back i hope we go back now i hope new mexico's Okay. So Mark, I, I'm trying to reconcile what you're saying here. Like, cause I'm with okay. you. I don't tell anybody what size buck to shoot. Okay. Uh, I look at that as that's the state's management. That's what they've set the seasons at. That's what you go hunt. But you're also saying, I don't like the direction that it's going and, 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 and harvesting too many older age class bucks. So where do we put the heat when that is happening? Because right now on social media, you're right. A lot of guys are putting the heat on the individual hunters. Oh, you shouldn't have shot that 2.0. Oh, you shouldn't have shot that three. Point. Um, you know, and I'm telling people, shoot the best buck you can find, you know, pass one up if you're not happy with it. I think you and I are on the same page about that. And that's what that whole discussion was about. You're like, hey, I probably would have passed this buck up if I got a little bit better look at him. Wouldn't have got caught up in the trap. Am I, am I following yeah. you there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That is and, the and, and exactly. And so, so, so I, th- I think sometimes people think I, I just want, Oh, just leave That's everything yeah, alone. Absolutely. So, doing I don't everything mean to get right. to, no, uh, they're not. you know, I wasn't not. trying to. The Onyx hunt elite subscription will provide way more value than the hundred dollar annual fee will cost you. And that's before you apply the 20% rock cast promo code. You'll use Onyx on every hunt, every planning session, and now save money with exclusive deals on gear from the industry's best. Onyx elite also includes application and draw odds tools, educational resources for all species, exclusive mapping and scouting tools, and last but not least, access to nationwide coverage and now Canada. Onyx Hunt Elite is trusted by millions. Onyx has also released new features to help make hunters more successful. 
Already known for nationwide public and private land ownership and being a fully functional GPS without service, Onyx Hunt has just released new aerial imagery options like Leaf Off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic look back and imagery on demand. On top of that, Onyx is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your Hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in Dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates Onyx has for this hunting season. So try Onyx Hunt for free for seven days or go to onyxmaps.com and use promo code ROCKCAST for 20% off your new Onyx Hunt membership. Yeah, what I, what I wish is we had a voice, right? So as sportsmen, as hunters, we're the ones out in the field. When we see a noticeable difference like that, right? When we see, when we, when we can tell you, man, we know that at night when we come down out of the mountains and we drive into town, there's town bucks, right, that live in these towns. They're in the alfalfa fields. We know the treat at the end of the day is we can swing our headlights out on these fields and see 190, 200-inch bucks out in these fields every night. Those aren't there now. Those bucks are not there. We never, when we tried, me and Duggar would, at night, would come down out of the mountains, head back to the cabin, go to where we see the city bucks. And you know what I'm talking about. When you're hunting migration oh, yeah. deer, in southern Colorado. Some end up in the cities. Some end up in the alfalfa fields just outside of town. We know where they're going before they get to New Mexico into their winter grounds. Well, the biggest bucks are smart, right? And so they stay in the timber and they stay in the brush and they only move at night and they follow the arroyos at night and they make it into town, into some of these towns in southern Colorado, northern New Mexico. Well, mm -hmm. they know where safety is. A good yeah. gauge to tell, you know, have the biggest bucks made it down yet? Well, back in when we used to get the tags two, three years ago, you could go into town at night, swing the headlights in some of these yards and some of these alfalfa fields, and you might see a few small bucks and some does. I'm like, okay, the big bucks haven't made it down yet. That gives you hope. So that's when me and Duggar were shooting the biggest bucks. They were still coming down out of the mountains. Now we're in the mountains. There's nothing but tiny bucks, tons of does still coming. So the deer, the migration's in full swing. They're coming, but there's no big bucks. And there's no big bucks in town. And third season had the same experience. Fourth season had the same experience. I'm telling you, the job is done. You got them all. You got the majority of the age class bucks. Back it off now. Back back up. Let's let's I'm let them grow you. a little bit. That's what I'm, I'm following you now. And and that's where the discussion has to be. Is not just attacking individual hunters on. Hey, you shot this two point. Hey, you shot this three point. Oh, you know, no, because we Mark, you shot a smaller buck. What are you doing, dude? Yeah, I I never try to throw that shade on people because it's yeah. their tag. They can do what they want with it. And honestly, we don't influence. We don't influence enough. There's not enough big buck hunters to stay off the trigger to swing the population uh, of big bucks very far either way it's always the right. masses that are that are affecting them so if 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 i've got to manage mule deer by going out and throwing shade on everybody that shot a two point and a three point uh number one i just don't think it's going to be that effective um and, and these are discussions that need to be had at the state level and that's where i'm trying to go with this conversation yeah Sure. Um, you know, I had Brandon Diamond on the podcast last year. Hope to ha have him on here uh, uh, pretty soon. I'm talking about, hey, what are we, is there a plan? If we, how far down do we got to go in this age class before Colorado is happy? With, with where we're at with CWD transmission. And and, uh, and and I specifically remember him saying, we can always go back the other way. If we go too far, we can always go back the other way. And that sounds like that's what you're saying right now is, hey, from what I'm seeing in our areas, 
it, it, it it's time to back it off. And, yeah. and, and, and that's to me, that's where the, where, 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 where the conversations need to be had is at the state level. And, you know, this attacking everybody on social media and you shot a two, two, a, a small one. Yeah. I just don't think it's that effective. And, and, and we're gonna talk about some of this other stuff later in the podcast too. It's, it's just dividing the hunting industry so much. And this is coming from the same guy, Mark. I don't know how much you've listened to our podcast on here, but dude, I decided like about a couple of years ago, I'm going to put more heat on cow elk and less heat on bucks just because we're in such a downturn right now. Even up here where we're at, Mark, where nothing has changed as far as seasons or anything like that. What has changed for us is winters, just hard, hard winters. It's really hurt us. And uh, I don't, I don't want to have the pressure to have a buck in the freezer and shoot a smaller buck. I, when right. there's Tons of cow elk opportunities. Right, absolutely. Yeah, my absolutely. Couple of years we've shot three yeah, elk. That's a- you know? And 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 but that's just a suggestion. That's that's not me saying, oh, okay, so you still shot a two point and you're a bum. Um, that was one reason I supported the Muley Matters thing that Epic Outdoors did. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. They were not it? throwing shade that hey, you know, don't shoot a two point. They, they were just saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna pass. And if we have an unfilled tag, we're going to, you have an unfilled tag, we're going to throw it in a, in a drawing and win some, you know, vortex binoculars or whatever, cash, whatever. I thought that was a great way because it's a volunteer way to do it. You know, we're not just, yeah. we're not dividing the, the the big buck hunters against the, you know, some of these young guys. I mean, man, I remember being young, being totally happy to get a three point bucket when I was like oh, 18, yeah. 19 years old. I was so excited, you know, that's. And, uh, and, and so anyways, I, I'm with you, but it also, when we get these, these bigger problems, like we see the age class slipping in Colorado and, and our friend, Mike Duplan, he talks about that a lot. You probably follow him on Instagram and he, he sees it like you do firsthand, you know, this age class is slipping, you know, especially if you go back 15, 20 years, there's yeah. no doubt that stuff is happening. And, uh, and, and so that, that's what, that's partly why I have all these conversations on the Rockcast is to help people influence their they're, they're state wildlife managers at the state level on the direction we want it to go because it's, it's, it's still public wildlife, still held in the public trust. And, and people hate it when I say it, though, because sometimes, dude, there's not enough big buck hunters to influence game and fish. And, and, and yeah. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, you know, they, 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 they may not listen to you and me, but what's the average guy doing? And if, and if I can influence guys to say, hey, maybe you can be a little more picky. Why, maybe you can let a few bucks walk. It, it's probably only going to pay off in the long run. Number one, you're going to be a better hunter because you're going to hunt longer. And, and, and you know, it, let's, let's face it, we probably don't. We can't, we, we can't say we're going to die if we don't get the meat. And there's... Right. Like I keep going back to the cow elk. I don't know where you hunt or any of that stuff like that, but man, there's so much opportunity for that right now. That's what I'm putting in my freezer. Yeah. Well, so, so someone could say, well, man, I, so I came to Colorado and I shot that four point buck and some have said, man, I wonder why he shot that buck as a, you know, why did you shoot that buck? Well, they also don't know that I bought an elk tag for 700 and some odd dollars and I never saw an elk, but I had it just in case. And I told Duggar that I said, man, if, if I can see a legal bull, I'm going to shoot that. But we, and then we'll get that on camera, but I won't shoot a buck because I'll just we'll wait for a big buck. But if we see because every year we see an elk or two down there. Well, guess what? No one cares that Mark Smith ate a seven hundred dollar elk tag. And I had a Utah tag. That's four hundred and something dollars. I didn't even come to the state of Utah. I saved a buck. I saved one there. I bought an elk tag. You know, I spend thousands of dollars to come out there. My point on that, Robbie, is I've seen I've seen some guys, you know, buck shaming or whatever it is. You don't know my circumstances. I took a right. whole week. I took all these weeks off. I spent all this money to come. I want something. 
I want, I want to tell, I'm a hunter. I'm a gatherer. I want to bring something back with me. I want antlers. I want meat. I want something to bring back for my hunt. Unfortunately, it's a mule deer, very limited resource. That's not getting any better. And I do get that. I get it. But it was, a, it, you know, the, the buck got eight. I got the antlers. I got the buck. It was great. Wasn't, wasn't the buck I went there for, but I got one. But then I started watching what other people are saying. Like, well, when we shoot these small bucks, you know, guys running around getting three or four tags running all over the um, west, shooting every two point, three point they see. Now, you know, why did a guy have to go to three states and shoot three small bucks? Well, man, weren't you 20 years old once? You know, they're like, we're well, influencing these 20 year old guys that it's okay to do that. When you're 20, it is okay to do that. Mm-hmm. You, it is okay. It is okay to be 20 years old taking your vacation and shoot two point bucks with your bow or your gun, your muzzleloader. Or it's okay. It's oh, yeah, just that as we all think, Hey, as you get older and you get wiser and you have different goals and you really want the challenge, we up the game and we want to shoot bigger, older age class deer. Cause that brings more to the, I don't like to call it a sport, but to the experience, right? We all want to, Hey, I want to go, I want to go, I want to, you know, if I'm going to get in a fight, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to go beat up on a, a little weakling or a little kid. You know, I want to, I want to fight the biggest, baddest dude in the bar. Right. Well, mm-hmm. same way on a mountain. I want to hunt the biggest, baddest buck on the mountain. Duggar's there. But sometimes even that gets trumped and I need I need closure to the experience. I, I want, I want to, I want the deer. I want to get one. And I want to, because it's my, you know, I want to shoot my gun. I want to, I want to test my new load I just loaded. I want, I want to have the experience of completion. I want to get a deer. But unfortunately, in this conversation, mule deer. We've got, I see where the selection piece comes in, especially for the older class guys, the guys that are looking for the real challenge, but, but people don't stop there. They don't stop there. They think every, you know, from all the stuff I've seen on social media is I've seen guys that can't even be happy about, you know, I've killed, I've killed a bunch. I killed a bunch of deer in my life. I've killed a bunch of mule deer, um, but I've hunted them for 30 years and I'd hunt four and five. I was that guy that would have five tags in my pocket in 1996. And for I would have a, a Navajo, a Utah, Colorado, Arizona over the counter, and I would go get four forking horns. I had a family. I was back then. No one thought about the resource. I was just getting meat, put it in the freezer, and legally, and moving on. Right? There's still guys wanting to do that. And what I don't, what I think is hypocritical is that the, the our age class guys, no one ever. The thing is, no one ever told me not to do that. When I was 25, 26 years old, shooting three or four forking horns with my bow in different states. I was a hero. I was cool. Like, wow, you got four, you got four bucks with your bow this year. No one said, how big are they? They just said, you got four bucks. Yeah. I got four mule deer bucks with my bow this year. That's amazing. Guys that social media magnifies the few voices that are out there and makes it sound really loud that, you know, a few guys can get on and, and, and bash all the young guys that are doing that. I don't, I, most people are not worried about it, you know? And, and, but, but when you look on social media, you would think they are. You would think there's yeah, a lot. And that's the thing I was going to ask you, Mark. How many 25-year-old guys are really going to four states and shooting uh, four four points? I mean, two points. Very how few. And that's why My, we, can, yeah. we can bitch and moan about all this. But is this happening uh, at any level that would influence 
the, the status of her. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. But, you know, sometimes when I read some of this stuff on social media, oh, this influencer, man, he shot three elk or, or elk or, or they're, they're toast now. I'm thinking that's one dude. The majority <laughs> yeah. of the people in those units are not even at 20% success. That means eight out of 10 guys are going home. So one guy that got three in, in three different states, I, I don't know. I, but that's why you don't see me getting on that bandwagon. Wagon. Yeah. Oh man, we got to shut this guy down, you know, cause I just don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. But back to what I was saying, that doesn't mean I don't want to influence our States at the right, state right. level on what we want for, for wildlife management. That's the, yeah. that's the line I'm always walking. I always got to remember what does Robbie Denning want? What do I like? Oh, I want big books everywhere. I want everything to be a draw. And I will, and, as long as I can draw every year. Yeah, that's what I want. But that ain't going to happen. And so right. I'm always walking that line between what I want and having enough public support for hunting. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Having enough public yes. support for hunting. We have a lot of people, enough people participating. You know, I don't want everybody participating. But there are enough people participating in it <laughs> that we can fund our our, 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 our our agencies. We can we can fund wildlife management. I don't think some of these conversations I hear about there, like people don't want any hunters out there. Well, and you just you just gave an example. You you waste you spent thousands on elk tags and deer tags just last year, if I followed your math, at least over a thousand, and you never even pulled a trigger on those. That's all money that goes right back into the wildlife coffers. And yeah. and and that's that's always the line I'm trying to walk is that we gotta have wildlife management. We gotta have money for wildlife management. And there's there's you know, there's always movements out there. They're like, no, no less hunters, less hunters, we gotta have less hunters. And and with the stuff that's that, that's coming up now that we're gonna talk about. I'm a little scared about having too many less hunters because of, yeah. of, of, yeah, of the way. impacts that are on hunting. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we don't, we definitely, you know, there's this, um, theory of let's show them, let's show Colorado, right? Let's just take, for example, let's, if you're ready to move into the next chapter, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. It's we'll show Colorado. We just, we just won't give them any money or that's, that's the wrong, that's the wrong direction. Every hunter should just buy a tag and set on it. You no, know, don't, don't not give them your money, give support it, do what you can, because if you truly love it and you're, your heart's in the right place and you're in it for the right reasons, which I hope most sportsmen are, it, it's so I just told you a story. I went to Colorado. I needed closure. We needed a buck. We got a buck, got the buck, the buck got eight. I brought it home, whatever. Not yeah. shooting one, not shooting a buck. It's the reason why you have Jason Carter out there doing the that that thing he has going on. What's that called? Muley matters. Um, Muley matters. Muleys do matter. And you know, um, being smart about what you're doing, being being um, a steward of what you have, is not the state. I mean, that's that's the only influence we really have is with our money and our dollars and our voice at the state level, and so. We need to be, we need to speak up, speak, be able, we need to have a voice and be able to say what's right for us, what's right for us as a group of hunters. But also it takes the money. It don't just take the talk. You got to put your money where their mouth is and you got to join these organizations. You got to donate. You got to give them money to operate. And that's why hunting's a gamble. You know, when you go and you buy an elk tag for a general, I'm not even an elk guy. I, I love bow hunting elk with a bow hunting elk. I've never killed one with a gun. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy an elk tag this year. No, I've never killed one with a gun. And I was like, man, I killed two with a muzzleloader. I've never killed one with a high-powered modern rifle. And I wanted to really bad. 
And, 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 um, like I really wanted that experience more than I wanted to kill a deer this year. And, and, and so I set out to kill an elk, but I had, I drew a deer tag and that was the reason I went down with Duggar. But once I got, I was like, I'm buy an elk tag because I really want the meat. I haven't killed one in 10 years. I just want one. And, and that's what I was really hoping to shoot. But, you know, I'm, I'm hunting migrating mule deer, migrating mule deer. Elk is like a unicorn coming through every once in a while. You'll see one and it's a very lazy way to shoot an elk, but but I was fully prepared to take $700 and give it to the state of Colorado and say, here, man, I hope y'all do something really good with this money because I know I'm not going to get an elk, but I'm still going to give it to you anyway, because I, but I know my chances are like 1% that I'm going to kill an elk. I knew that going in. Um, so anyway, that putting our money where our mouth is, is, is very important. All these organizations that we're going to talk about is, if we don't, who is? Because we're not organized. We don't have direction. We don't have alignment and we don't have commitment as outdoorsmen. We are, we are good old boys and we all have our own ideas, but we can't get aligned on anything. We can't get going in the right direction hardly ever. And, and we're only committed to what suits us. Man, the people we're fighting, the antis, they are absolutely committed they are absolutely aligned and they absolutely have a direction and they are winning fast yeah and that's i'm going to shift gears in the podcast right now in the episode because that's the direction i want to go with this right now while while we're on the subject of colorado for a lot of people that don't know mark was not always a non-resident of colorado you used to live in colorado how long were you a resident there mark i moved there in 2000 and i moved away from there in 2013 so for 13 years i lived in colorado Man, what great years to live in Colorado and be a deer hunter. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, it was joy. It was awesome. Colorado yeah. has been so good to me. I, there, there would be no, there, there, I, I don't believe I would be who I am today without the opportunities that Colorado gave me, especially those timberline muleys and all those years when I could just get tags every year. That's, that's where I went and learned my craft. Uh, it was beautiful, man. I, I, I'm very melancholy about that state. And and I'm looking to go back to Timberline and bow on it this coming year. That's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, yeah. Colorado was my other home. So right. but, that, but then when you moved out, you still go back every two, three years, uh, depending on the hunt and the points and all that other stuff. Your non-residents, so you've experienced it as a resident and a non-resident. Um, yep. And there's, there's some real fires brewing in Colorado right now. Uh, I think one of them might be what we just talked about, the, you know, the, the age class of the older bucks kind of going away doing uh, due to this uh, shift in seasons. I don't, I don't think you hear anybody argue that it's, it's not having, uh, a, a, that effect on them. how far they're going to go. That's what worries me. If they, you know, next year is the last year of their five-year management plan. And, uh, you know, what Brandon Diamond was saying before, you know, we can go back if we, if we think we're going too far, man, that's what I want to influence, uh, people to, to stand up. If you think that's what it is, if, like what Mark just said, he gave a great case for it. For those of you that don't follow Mike Duplan, uh, him and I don't always agree on everything, but I listen to everything he says, watch what he look at, look at his posts on Instagram. He lives in Colorado. He sees what's happening to these older age class bucks. And this conversation is going to get real hot here in the next year because Colorado's looking at their next year, five, five year management plan. And I, I'm with Mark is man, if we could just go back to the, to the dates that we had, even though it makes the hunting harder, uh, we, we were doing pretty good on mature bucks up and, and we, and I can't say we're not, I mean, I killed a 31 inch there two years ago on a regular tag, but, but 
you know, when I have guys like Mark and I got guys like Mike and a lot of the other guys that hunt down there, like, no, we're, we're seeing less and less. Uh, that guy that just wrote the book, um, David Knight, I had him on the podcast here a little while ago. He's seeing the same thing. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's three or four hardcore Colorado guys that have all, all seeing the same thing. Uh, th this conversation about, about moving these seasons, I guess, forward to their previous dates, man, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for Colorado. But yeah. there's a bigger fish to fry than that right now. That is, are we even going to be able to hunt in Colorado 20 years from now? And for those of you that maybe you're living under a rock, the uh, Colorado is uh, being tested right now by the anti-hunters on a mountain lion and bobcat hunting ban. They want to ban it. If you haven't, if you, if you don't know the issues, go back to our uh, January 1st episode it came out a month ago. Uh, Travis Hobbs interviewed Dan Gates of the Coloradans for responsible wildlife management. And he's the tip of the spear on this fight against this proposed ban from uh, uh, Colorado residents, lean hunting residents, Colorado uh, uh, people are putting forward a ballot initiative to vote on coming in November of whether we're going to be able to continue to hunt lions. Now, don't turn the episode off and go, well, I don't hunt lions, so I don't care. No, this is this is where we get in trouble. It doesn't matter if you hunt lions or not. That If they get, they're always looking for the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff to ban. That's why they go after cuddly things like, you know, teddy bear or bears and uh, uh, lions and things like that because it's easy to get public support. Like, oh, yeah, you don't want to hurt a kitty. Uh, but But they throw all the biology out about it. On, on how much management that the, the, the cats need and all that stuff. And if they win this ballot box initiative in Colorado, they're not going to stop there. That is the next step for them to what, whatever. Do they want to ban deer hunting? Do they want to ban elk hunting? I mean, you, you just never, you, I don't trust any of them. Okay. They're, 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 they're not going to stop. They're there. eating away at that. And so this, and, and for, for those of you that, that, that didn't realize that that's how wolves got released in Colorado here just a month ago, a month and a half ago, that that was ballot box initiative. That's when you, when you, when you, when you just put, put an issue on the ballot, 51% wins, it's, it's state law. The, the wolves did not pass with a big majority, but it's state law now. Now, now they're releasing wolves in there. And so they're trying to get their foot in the door. And this is where I'm going with all this. We got to put all our differences aside right now. All, you know, I hate influencers. I don't hate influencers. You know, I, 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 I hate the research services. I don't hate the research services. I hate the guy that shoots a two point buck. I don't hate the guy. That, I mean, all this stuff is just dividing us and we got to get together on this and we have got to beat this or we won't even be worried about uh, deer tag dates in Colorado 20 years from now. We may not even be hunting them. And, 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 and sometimes when I talk this way, people think, Oh, that's just a little far fetched. That's a little overblown. Oh man. I, I think you get enough crazies together. They can, they can accomplish anything in a short amount of time. And so, um, getting together on this and, and coming together is going to be imperative to beat back this lion ban initiative. So if you didn't listen to the episode on, on January 1st, go back and listen to it. Um, but if you don't have time to go listen to it, get behind. Colorado, Coloradans for the Responsible Wildlife Management, CRWM on Instagram, uh, Dan Gates. Uh, and, and we've got to get behind them. We've got to put our differences aside and we have got to beat this. And, and, and Mark, that's why 
when, when I, when I called you today, I said, Hey man, let's bring this up because I know someone like you has, uh, I mean, I, I know you hate it when people call you an influencer, but you do influence people. And, uh, and I think you influence them in, in a good way, but we want to influence people to, to support this and get together on, even if we, even if we have differences, uh, yeah. do you have a better than that, Mark? Uh, absolutely. So Mike Duplan is uh, a guy I follow. Um, Man, I've known of him for a long time. Actually, it was some of his photos used in my old um, Eastman's articles years ago. That's how I got to first know Mike. Very well-respected, um, knowledgeable guy on on the subject of Western hunting and all the species. Well, it was his post that alerted me. Like, I didn't know about the wolves. It was like I had no idea wolves were being reintroduced into Colorado. And he, he when I saw his post... I was like, man, there's a much larger fish right there to fry than the size of bucks we're killing. Because I had just been scrolling through Instagram, looking at some buck shaming and this, that, and the other. Then I saw the wolf issue, and I thought, my gosh, how did that even happen? That was something they were talking about. Then it kind of went away, and now, boom, there it is. And immediately, there was a um, a link to that organization. And I'm sorry, I don't know the acronym for the Colorado ones. for CRWM. Yep. And I immediately, as soon as I saw that, I did my homework. I went and saw who CRWM was. I read their, I read their mission statement. I looked up the guy that running it and I felt good about it. And I immediately went to their site and I dumped a hundred bucks in it immediately. I could say, man, I really want to save that for some new broadheads or I want to save that, man, I'm not going to need broadheads That's right. <laughs> in Colorado. Right. I'm not going to, cause the wolves are going to take care of it. You know, like, um, and, and and so I, I know where that's headed. Then the, before I can even blink, Robbie, bam, there's there's the mountain lion issue. And as soon as the mountain lion issue came up, our friends over at Hal, John Stallone with yep. Hal Organization, boom, there's their post. First thing I did, went online, went to it, signed up for that initiative, donated again to Hal to have the lobbyists to go do the work for us. But man, those things pop up and people ignore them. But I, as a sportsman, look at the big picture. I go and I I put my voice in. I I left a voicemail for a congressman in Washington State the other day. I you know they're gonna they're gonna destroy that opportunity. Washington is like that's so far left and so far gone that it looks horrible for their future. Oregon's not far behind them, I'm afraid. But when yep. those initiatives pop up and the organizations like the Coloradoans for wildlife, the how, when those things, there's tabs where you can, you can go and you can either sign the petitions or you can leave voicemails for these senators and these, these people. I do that stuff, man. I make time for it. I might do that instead of shooting three rounds with my bow today. I might only shoot two rounds with my bow today, but for 10 minutes, I'm going to go sign some initiative and be a voice for sportsmen. Even if it doesn't affect me today, it affects somebody and I'm going to need them someday to help me. And I'm telling you right now, all of us, every single person that's listening to this podcast right now has got to pay attention to Colorado because that is a, that is a very non-resident hunter friendly state. They have helped us and given us opportunity our entire lives for a long time, that state's been wonderful. They don't have, they have a real point system. They have great hunter opportunity. They finally had to start the, the hunter, the hunting community grew so much that, you know, they did cut, they had to take the elk tag to some draws, but you're still going to get an elk tag for the archery hunts. They still have over the counter elk opportunity. You can still get 
a lot of deer tags with only a point or two where some of mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to be this statistician that understands all kinds of formulas to even apply for their state very simple state to apply for you do get points it, it, it's just a very hunter friendly non-resident situation right we owe colorado we owe them. exactly what i was hoping we that you owe, would say we, we owe, owe them and and stand up for them and let's go show them that we're behind them even i don't i don't i don't hunt predators hardly at all and, and i should that's i'm a hypocrite you know Duggar has turned into a coyote slaying machine man so on that hunt when i killed that deer he's like i'm not gonna we were seeing coyotes he was i'm not gonna kill a buck but i'm gonna kill all the coyotes i can because we've actually watched coyotes run down um fawns on that hunt and man i got him on video dude 365 yards on shooting sticks smoke a coyote off of a bench and i got it on video the beautiful thing man right now but but duggar um he has made it his mission to kill a hundred coyotes this year and he's out in new mexico let me tell you something brother he's knocking them down he's got it figured out he's a coyote killing machine and that's he wants to get he's like mark what can we do he we have these conversations at our age now, we're we're hunting in Colorado, hunting migrating mule deer, watching this dismal herd walk by, and he's like, "My God, what can we do?" And I was like, "Man, you do everything you can. Like, join the Mule Deer Foundation, reach out to your your chapters, reach out to the people." Because he's like, "I don't want to just belong and give them my money. I want to give them my time. I want to go put boots on the ground. I want to get a shovel in my hand. I want to go." Get, I want to go dig a guzzler for desert mule deer. Like, how can I do that? I was like, man, reach out, reach out to the to, to your chapters, ask for your leaders, and ask where the next work days are, and just go get involved. He goes, but I want to make a difference, like where I hunt. I want to make a difference in my territory. So what he said, he goes, every day off, I'm taking my AR and my Fox Pro, and I'm going to go kill coyotes. I'm going to make a difference in mule deer country. That's a beautiful man right there. That's a beautiful thing, and he does it. And I've got. My phone is loaded up with pictures of dead coyotes. Well, I'm a non-resident. I don't live where I can go put gloves on. So I donate a lot of money and I donate my time, like I said, for that. But but back to Colorado, you know, Duggar's like, I am absolutely not killing a deer on this hunt, but I am going to kill every coyote I saw. And even at prime time, man, at prime time when deer should be moving, if a coyote came by, Duggar didn't let it get past us. He, he was a man of right now, man. <laughs> he was a man of his word. And that's how he's making a difference. And you can be creative. But but your 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 elbow grease is surely welcomed, but your dollars are are welcomed also. And and if if like I like I said, I don't live there, but I am a lifetime member. You know, I am a life member of Mule Deer Foundation. So I may I may make weird decisions about which bucks I shoot or I don't shoot or I'm feel whatever. But the overall, I'm a I'm a mule deer man, and I'm in it for them till the end. And if that means if that meant Let's just say, Mark, you can't come hunt mule deer in Colorado for the next five years. But we would sure appreciate it if you would come on some of these. Uh, we'll have some volunteer days for for coyote calling contests or shoot mountain lions. You know, maybe I save my money that I didn't spend on. Maybe I get points or whatever. Then I go mountain lion hunt. I'll just go shoot mountain lions. Or, or if they open up a wolf season, I'll damn sure go shoot wolves. You know, it's not the wolf's fault. It's not the wolf. I'm not, a, I don't hate wolves. It's not their fault. They were, God created them. You know, poor people don't choose to be born poor. Wolves don't choose to be born wolves. They're just wolves, right? They they are what they are. I don't like them. I don't care for them. I don't ever want to see one in the woods. I don't trust myself enough. <laughs> I don't want to see a wolf. But 
it ain't the wolf's fault. It's the stupid humans on the wrong side of the fence making these horrible decisions for us and the wolves. That's oh, yeah. where Colorado's our focus needs to be. They can't even be hunted. And the, the only reason Idaho got ahead of these wolves um, and, and got a handle on them is because we got our hunting seasons in. But but back on the Colorado uh, thing, Colorado's been very good to non-residents. And I know there's a lot of non-residents out there that feel like they've been kicked in the teeth by the residents of the states. I get it. I feel it. And I don't like it either. But I, I think that's another difference that we have to put aside right now to help Colorado. And so I'm, I, I, I've heard from all you non-residents that are like, you know what? I don't even know if I should support Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation anymore. I don't even know if I should support the Mule Deer Foundation because, you know, I live in some state outside the West and all, all I get is the finger from the residents in those states. Stay out, stay out, stay out. And, 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 and I get all that. I get all that. But I, I think right now is the time to put that aside and and fight for this opportunity in Colorado because Colorado has been very good to non-residents. And I'm talking to anybody out there that has a has an influence, that has a following. Like what Mark just said, he 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 opened the website, he gave him a hundred bucks. He'll do more. Uh, Rockslide has done that. I've done that. We've got to put this these differences aside right now, or it's not going to matter who's a resident, non-resident. There's not going to be anywhere to hunt, and we can't lose Colorado. So just to give people some numbers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on these, Mark. Colorado, I believe, on any hunt that's under five preference points, non-residents get thirty-five percent, up to thirty-five percent of the tags, and then if it's over five preference points i think it's reduced to 20 does that sound right to you that sounds about right yeah i don't that's very generous i know idaho is like 10 percent to non-residents on um on our limited quota hunts i think we give fourteen thousand deer tags that's probably on our general hunts that's probably like, i don't know 20 percent of the hunt of, of of the tags that go out so so and, and you can go through all these other states a lot of them kind of float around that 10 20 percent range so colorado is only doing that right now on their their really hard limited uh draw hunts and so that's what i mean when i say we we owe it to colorado that we've got to put our differences aside everybody get behind this we'll work out the non-resident resident fight here future but we can't lose this uh uh this lion hunt in colorado and i want to give a quick example of it mark we went through this in 96 in idaho this these 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 similar groups showed up in idaho and they were going to shut down bear baiting and um and we were nervous because they have loud voices like what you said mark they're very organized you know they're out knocking on doors they're gathering signatures we were worried about this we creamed them because Idahoans got together, put the science out there on, on this, this is another way to manage bears, and, uh, uh, and, and we won it. That was in 96. We've hardly heard from them since. Because when you beat them, they lose a lot of money, and, and they quit picking that fight. And, yeah. and, it, and that's what I want to do with this, with this, with this Colorado mountain lion ban. I want to beat them back 10, 20, 30 years, because if we don't beat them back, like, like I said, when I, when I introduced this, they're not going to stop there. They will be coming no. after the next thing. So we got to put our differences aside. If you have a, if you have an influence out there in the hunting industry, get behind this. I saw a post on Rockslide today and I could not argue with the guy and he had just done a, just a, a scroll. I'm not going to drop names. He's just done a random survey of a in influencers, uh, YouTube pages, Instagram, stuff like that. He could hardly find anything out there on this mountain lion ban. And, and I think he was looking for other things too. Like, you know, where are these guys supporting hunting? Now I'm not saying influencers don't support hunting. I'm not saying that, but 
it doesn't matter. Right now is the time to do it. And if you have yeah. influence, you need to be learning about uh, learning learning about the issues and getting out and talking to people that are following you. Or otherwise, it ain't gonna matter. We ain't gonna be hunting. That's how I look at it, Mark. You pursue them, you cherish them, and now it's time to protect them. This is the Mule Deer Foundation. Our mission is the conservation of mule deer, black-tailed deer, and their habitats, the heart and soul of the West. Join the herd today and help us preserve the legacy of these majestic creatures for generations to come. Your membership supports essential conservation projects, research initiatives, and educational programs that secure a future for mule deer and black-tailed deer. Our deer, our heritage, our responsibility. Don't just witness their journey, be a part of it. Join the herd. Together, we can make a difference. Visit muledeer.org today. Yep, absolutely, man. It's like I said early on, um, we have much bigger fish to fry than what size bucks we believe guys should be shooting, right? So, be happy for your brother that drew a tag and got some meat on the ground. What like right now? Let's just focus on the bigger picture because there's not going to be any meat to put on the ground. It's all going to be gobbled up by the big bad wolves and the liberals and the mountain lions because there's not going to be no need for us. And that's what people have to understand. This is how this is how they're going to combat hunting. If you're not looking at the big picture, and this is their mentality, and they're smart. Reintroduce all the natural predators, then we will, in which we are the natural predator. We've always been part of the natural predators. We are food chain. We always have been. It's not just mountain lions. Yes, and and that's the problem. It's it's not godly men making these decisions. It's people who are far from it, and and that's just that's just my. I mean, that's not my opinion. Just go look up who look up who your governor is in that state. Look up that stuff. You'll. You'll figure it out real quick. But we're, we're fighting. First three chapters of the Bible. God said, yeah. take dominion. And dominion meant manage. You manage the earth. You manage yeah. the resources. You you don't abuse them, but you don't not use them either. That that no, that there's... is and, and believe it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not, that is in your heart. You yeah. manage that that's what we were built to do. And uh and 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 when people get disconnected from from the facts on it, then they get all over the place on it. That's where this 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 craziness comes with 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 you know climate change and 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 we gotta release wolves and never hunt them and you know all this other stuff. That no, that's that's not what we we are designed to take care of this planet and proper hunting done done. We can argue about on the fringes of when you go too far. Mark and I have talked about that, but 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 proper hunting conserves species. It's conservation. Yes. If you don't know the difference between conservation and preservation, you got to figure it out. Preservation sounds really good. It's not. We're not made to preserve. We're made to conserve. They're two totally different things. Conserve has to do with use and perpetuate. Preserve means hands off. Hands off. Yeah. Don't ever. Yeah. Okay. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we need hands on. We need to be involved. We need hands on. Hands on. Yeah. For sure, man. And that's okay. Let's move into the next part of this discussion okay. on conservation. The 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 Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. Um, it's it's conservation. All right. It's conservation for mule deer and a lot of species. We we opened the podcast talking about Mark. You spoke down there like ten times now, right? Uh, twenty eleven through. I've only missed one year since twenty eleven. So yeah. 
Yeah, more than 10 times. Mark even got me yeah. a gig down there a couple times. I've spoke at it too. Well, Mark was going back this year and uh, he, he, he was going to do, do a seminar and him and I were talking and he was trying to come up with subjects, what he was going to talk about. If you've never been to one, one of Mark's seminar, they're just like this episode. He's very passionate. They're fun. That was how I, that's how I got to know Mark going to, going to those seminars. I met this dude just loves deer hunting. Uh, everything about it. high country, low country, rifle, bow, muzzleloader, loves, loves all things about it. I mean, you, you leave your sem- Mark's seminars kind of pumped up to, to go deer hunting. And, uh, and so when Mark and I were talking, he was trying to come up with what he was going to do. And, 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 and Mark can just get up there with no notes and speak for an hour. It's, it's, it's incredible. And then all of a sudden I get this text from him. And uh, I think it was a group text, the dreaded group text. And on the text was, uh, was, was Jeremy Duggard and Dustin Whitmer. And, and, and Mark said, Hey, what do you guys think about do, uh, pairing up and doing a Q and a for this year? That'll be the whole seminar. Of course I said, yes. So we're on right, Mark. Yes, sir. You betcha. And everybody's well, talk in about that a little bit more. You and I did a Q and a, I think at the 2019 one, like we did our, we did our own separate seminars, but then we got together and we did an hour of Q and a the way. Right. Yeah. And that Q and a so, was like, that was the funnest one I thought because yeah, yeah. You're just like, you know, when you're up there with your, you don't take notes, but I'm up there with my notes. I'm like, oh, I got to follow this bullet point. I got to do this. I got to do that. But once we did the Q and a, man, that was just fun. You know, guys asking stuff I hadn't really thought about, um, you know, guys hunting in different parts of the country. I still remember this one old guy talking about, Hey man, I've been hunting this buck for a couple of years and I just can't find him. And we got to, you know, kind of get in and, you know, dissect that hunt for him. I, I wish I could hear from that guy again, if he ever got him, but it was, <laughs> it was just kind of fun stuff. And so, so that's yeah. what we're going to do this year. Um, what else, what else are we going to do in there, Mark? So, well, so when I first started doing those seminars, it was how-to. They People want to know, just like an article, right? No one really cares that I can kill a deer. They want to know how they can go kill a deer. And when you've killed sure. enough of them and you've gotten successful enough at backcountry experience and hunting and things, you know, people, they were looking for that. And that's why they brought me there because I had the experience to deliver seminar. And I was just getting the seminar game and I enjoy it. I enjoy the opportunity. And I don't care if there's one guy in a chair sitting there I can talk to about hunting or if there's 500 and I've done both. I don't care. I just want to talk about it and share my experience. And so for the first few years, I had bullet points and presentations on PowerPoint and I would get up there and I would talk for 45 minutes and I would leave the last 15 minutes for the Q&A. And that was always the best part because the great part about my Q&A is I have partners that give me product to give away. So if you ask a question, you get a product. And I'm not talking about a bumper sticker. I'm talking about a $400 pair of crispy, yeah, a $500 backpack, $400 pair of boots, custom bowstrings from gas, uh, uh, quivalizers from Dan over there at Option Archery, uh, tons of swag, hoodies, t-shirts, ball caps from all my partners, whether it be Hoyt, all these guys, right? So you, you, you ask a question. I had to, I had to, I got, it got so big that I had to get runners. You've seen it. I've had to have volunteers mm-hmm. come help right. me yep. run the, the prizes. I think you've even helped with some of that. You got to run the prizes out to the people asking the questions. And I go around the room and you raise your hand and, and man, the more people see, oh my gosh, that guy got, you know, a year supply of mountain knots for asking that simple question. I'm going to ask me a question. They get a backpack or they get whatever. Right. So it started off like that. Well, this year, um, I actually, I had dusting up. I said, Hey, man. Every year now, for the last five years, what has happened is so everybody got to know me. I have a pretty good following. They come listen to me. Well, you know, I don't live in mule deer country. So all I do is I come back. And so I'm this guy coming from Texas to Utah. People from Utah, Idaho, Wyoming are coming 
listening to this Texan tell them how to kill mule deer. Well, I'm a traveler. So I'm giving you my experience as a traveling mule deer hunter as I come back to Utah, Colorado each year, or Nevada, or the Navajo, wherever, wherever I got a tag. And I tell my hunting story. And I, and I set it up to where this is how I got my tag. This is the area I've researched. This is the hunt. This is how it broke down. This is the animal I got. That sparks question. What kind of boots do you wear? Do you use footbeds? How do you size your pack for a hunt like that? These are great questions, right? And that's what my, my par- partners love, that we're getting right down to the meat. I am putting packs in people's hands. I am putting boots on people's feet. And I'm telling you how I use them to take these animals. And so what I did this year, I was like, I asked Dustin, I said, man, I, I come and I tell my stories. I've got two now because I didn't come last year. So I got my Utah 22 two buck to talk about. And I got my Colorado 23 buck to talk about. So I got two bucks, two perspectives, a rifle hunt and a bow hunt. So I got plenty to talk about to set the stage. But what should I do, man? Like, what should be the topic? He goes, dude, just do a Q&A. He goes, just do a Mark Smith Q&A, man, because that's what the people want. They just want the information. He goes, and me, he goes I, I'm your friend, but I'm a Mark Smith seminar fan. I just love that part of it. So just do that. I said, well, okay, but... People ask a lot of questions about things I don't know. So what? So Jeremy Duggar is one of, he's my guru, and he is he he personally from spending time with him, he's the best mule deer hunter I know. Robbie Denning is one of the best mule deer hunters I know. Wrote books on the subject. My dear friend, he he can hit Idaho and Wyoming. He can cover questions specific to those states. Dustin is a guru of Nevada now in Wyoming, and he lived in Utah. He is a backcountry guru. He is he has his own brand of backpacking foods. Like he does the whole um, you know, backpack logistics and the and, and backcountry logistics. So he rents out llamas. He he has the food figured out. He Plus does he works for Gunworks. And he works for Gunworks. And he's a he's a research, he's the research guru, right? He he can e-scout like nobody's business. He knows the ins of outs of getting all kinds of tags. I'm like, hey guys, I'm gonna do a QA. And I'm going to be able to answer most of the questions, but what if we just hit them with shock and awe? And all of a sudden, there's Jeremy Duggar, Robbie Denning, and Dustin Witt were on stage with me or in the front row helping me answer questions. That is going to give my friends, my following, my fans, my audience the very best experience. Because I'm 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 over the whole look at me thing. I want to bring you something quality. I want to bring something very quality to the stage, on the seminar stage at Salt Lake. And it's not, it, it's got to be bigger than me. It can't just be me. So I want to bring some of the best dudes at putting mule deer on the ground that I know to be beside me and help me with that. And so I think the crowd's really going to like it. And I think you guys will definitely get a lot out of it. And I know you will, because I just know how much you love sharing information and your experience. So that's, oh, I love talking. That's about what that, that's how that whole thing came to be. Is I'm like, look, man, Duggar's never been Duggar. Now he can deliver a sermon at church. He can, he can move you. To, to tears at, in church, right? Because he, he's done that. I've been to his church and I've watched him do that. But just, I don't, Jeremy's not a, he, he only has an Instagram to keep up with his own pictures. Like this is his online photo album, but he's the most humble giant killer. I'm, he is literally the most humble Let's giant killer. Let's give everybody his Instagram page there for you guys. Muley Mojo. Muley Mojo. Yes. And okay. but he's going to be on there. Check time. it out. I'm, I'm going there. Keep talking, Mark. I'm going there right now. I haven't been to his page for 
He's going to be, the, he's going to get up there and help answer. I'll be like, Hey, Duggar, if it's a tracking, he's one of the best deer trackers ever. And, and just giant killer. And he thinks a whole lot differently about things than I do. Cause he, he only kills the absolute outside. You know, I don't know how many over 200 him and his daughter have and his whole family. They're just, they're indigenous, New Mexico, Northern New Mexico in the Mecca, you know, Rio Reba County for, three or four generations killing giant bucks all in around the Hickoria. They, they have the experience of giant killers. We have very humble, wonderful, beautiful man. I just love him more than myself. I just love the guy. He's just, he's that guy. So I'm looking at his page him, right now, man. Yeah. There's him, some good, good vintage shed hunts on there, dude. I see, I see some video of a great big old buck. Looks like it was shot with a film camera, uh video camera, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, I haven't been on here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's got some good stuff going. So he'll, yeah. he'll be speaking too. He's going to cover kind of the whole Southwest desert tracking type hunting. Is that, is that kind of his? Yeah. If, if somebody has a question that suits him, I'm going to, I'm just going to look at him. I'm going to queue him up. I'm going to tee him up. Hey, Duggar, answer that one. And he'll just jump right in. And then if somebody wants to know something about Idaho or something that's in your forte, using horses me me and Duggar we don't I don't even like horses I don't think Duggar likes horses we don't use horses on honey. horses Someone don't like likes, you I, no and that's okay but <laughs> you know I, I I love them I love my outfitter friends that haul bull elk out with them I love that and I pay for that but but what I'm saying someone may have a question about hey do you use horses no but this guy does tell them about right. it you know that's so right. that's that's kind of the point of it it's just I want to always deliver I'm in the business of service. That's what I do for a life. That's my day job. I, I'm, I'm in service. And so I always want to deliver more than you paid for. Well, these are free seminars. And I want you to walk away yeah. from one of my seminars going, that is the best hour of hunting I've ever spent in my life. I got yeah. I'm glad yeah, you brought I, that I, up I, because they, yeah. they, the Western Hunting uh, Expo, you should come spend money, spend lots of money. You put in for the tags, go go through. The, it, it's a public show, unlike Shot, which is a closed show. It's a public show. Great booth, great, great entertainment, but you don't have to pay to get into the seminars. The seminars are done out in the, I just call it the hallway. Um, uh, they're always the same room, right, Mark? One fifty yeah, G. 150 G. I don't know. It'll seat a couple hundred people. And, uh, that, that, so you, you, if you're not totally in going into the walking the floor and all that stuff and you're in Salt Lake city, uh, February 16th and 17th, I think that's when we speak. Uh, I got to pull up your page here, unless you know it off the top of your head. It's a Friday it's and like, Saturday fit. So I think that's the 16th, 17th. Yeah, the, the 16th and 17th. So so even if you don't pay to go in on the floor, which is like dirt cheap, it's like 10 bucks or something, 15 bucks. Um, you can come into the seminars. I'm looking right here. Dude, there, dude there's a vintage picture of you right there, buddy. Uh, no <laughs> beard. Look at, dude, your shining face like me. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, uh, yeah, fe, uh, room 50, 150G, Salt Palace, Friday, February 16th at 5.30 p.m. And then Saturday the 17th at 4.15 p.m. Well, we'll all four of us will be in those rooms at those times. Seminars are an hour or less. Uh, you can come in, drill us with uh, with any questions. Um, give the hard questions to Mark, the easy questions to me. Uh, we talked about our guest today. Let's see, Dustin Whitwer of Backpack Logistics, uh, Gunworks. Uh, great guy. I've had him on the podcast before. He's had me on his podcast. Jeremy, I think Jeremy's probably like the least visible of all of us. You know, he's just kind of a low-key deer hunter. Um, I've just met him a couple times at the expo. But Again, his knowledge is deep, you know, when I've talked to him about it and, you know, he's a salt of the earth deer hunter. Uh, just go to his page on Instagram. Just, just look at some of those old vintage pictures. I'm looking at them right now. They're pretty cool. And uh, yeah. then of course, Mark Muley uh, Slayer Smith, uh, you're going to be there, dude. It's going to be a hoot. I'm kind of excited. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time, man. I'm really looking forward to getting back and seeing, I see a lot of same faces, you know, it's a, 
and they move my slot to um so a lot of guys always wish that I'd get there and I listen to that stuff, right? Like, man, I don't get off work till three on Friday. So I told Ray, look, put me late, put me late on Friday. So guys that sometimes can't come can come after work. And then um, they just kept me late both days. So a lot of times I'm there. I speak like at one, one thirty, um, stuff like that. Um, but put me later in the day, you know, your wife is, I kind of like it because, you know, you want to see butts in chairs, you know, you, you want to see people come in and you want to have someone to talk to and you want it to be a big event, but you know, the wives are tired, the kids are getting whiny. Let's go sit down for a minute. So having it later in the day like that, man, it's kind of nice to kind of catch it on your way out. So this will be the latest I've ever spoke, but I'm hoping that it's, I think it'll fit the, the timeline. Oh, it'll I be think good. it will too. Dude, those are some prime times. 5.30 on Friday the 16th, 4.15 on Saturday. Usually by Saturday, you've walked the floor enough. You're kind of tired. Uh, the conference rooms are really comfortable. Padded chairs, all that stuff. Uh, big big movie screen in there. Although we won't be using that. Like we're not putting together any slides or anything, right? No, I'm going to put a couple of pictures up just to start my conversation about the bucks that I, the buck, the last few bucks that I got, kind of tell the quick story. So, like I said, it's going to be instead of being forty-five minutes of me talking and ten minutes, fifteen minutes of Q and A, it's going to be five minutes of me talking and fifty-five minutes of Q and A and giving some cool stuff away. I think we're going to have um, so Dustin's going to throw in some uh, gift certificates for some of his meals from Backpack Logistics and some gift boxes. Duggar's going to bring some expert archery swag to hand out. And I think you're probably going to bring a couple of signed books and be on hand to take photos with oh, the guys that, that win there. those, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go around to all the advertisers that are on Rockslide. Many of them are at the Expo, uh, Cryptic, Sitka. Oh, man, too many to name um, are, are all there. I'll, I'll be grabbing swag, um, even if they even if they don't know it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just do that. Yeah. Yeah, my back those are all in there, and they'll say, "Hey, man, what happened to that three hundred dollars set of pants we had over there?" Now, but anyways, we'll, we'll have fun. We'll be doing some giveaways in there, and uh, it'll be fun. And you know what? You know, I've I've spoken twice. Mark's got me the gig twice down there, and uh, I like this whole Q and A thing, Mark, for for the reasons that you're saying. But also, dude, like usually by now, I'm freaking out, dude. What am I going to talk about? You know, I'm, I'm trying to put together a speech and everything. I'm just that kind of guy. I can't. If I got up on stage with no notes to speak for an hour like you did, dude. I would freeze up, man. I'd be done in five minutes. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about the Q and A. And and that first year that, that that you got me in there, I remember you told me, hey man, make, make sure you leave enough time for questions. And you know, I thought I did, but I always talk longer than I mean to. And sure enough, I just mm-hmm. got down to the very end. I hardly had any time for questions. And 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 that wasn't fun. So the next year, I made sure I had you know 15 minutes. But even that, that just goes by so fast. You know, you only get to talk to six or seven guys in that amount of time. That's if you hurry. So if yeah. we're going to have a whole hour to do it, it, it it's going to be a it's, hoot. So I hope yeah. people come out for it. Oh, they'll, they'll, I've never, it's always been full, man. I, I, I've always had more than three quarters of the room full. And a lot of them just, they just love coming and we reconnect and we talk. So yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's going to be a good time. Hey, if nothing else, me, you, Dustin, and uh, Jeremy will sit there and talk to ourselves about hunting together next year or something. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. There's an espresso way. booth right outside there. So if nobody shows up, I'll just buy you guys espressos and we'll cry in our espressos, yeah. but no people yeah. will be there. We all, we always have a lot of fun. So uh, everybody put that on your calendars, uh, Western hunt expo, uh, encourage you to come out. The The money goes to a great cause. I don't have the numbers right now, but gosh, it was something like $14 million last year. They raised for conservation. Um, it, it's a big mule deer foundation thing, but there's, there's other organizations there. Uh, Mark, you always do the dinner too you were really nice that one year you bought us a seat at the tables um can you get into that are there are there any of that still open that's, that's also big and 
no, I always get my own table and, and I invite, um, I invite my guests and, um, some of my partners, I'll have people from Hoyt or Badlands or Weatherby or something at my table and then you and Duggar. But this year, um, I'm, I've opened it up for you, Duggar and, um, Dustin to set with me and join, join us each night. My wife always there. So she'll be there and you guys can join me. And I've, I've brought a few, um, I'll have Evan from Hoyt there and, uh, Tim Bailey outfitter from New Mexico will be there. So my tables are full now, but, uh, no, those are, those usually sell out well in advance. Um, the tables, so people, people are looking to do that. Just, just anybody can buy those tables, right? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, so you got to look a year ahead. Um, they always have the schedule for uh, Western Hunting and Conservation Expo out a year or and two if, ahead. You can look. If right you've now. never seen one, it is the highlight to me. Auctioneer John Bear. Yes, that guy is the highlight. He is a consummate professional, best auctioneer I've ever seen. Fires me up. It's thank goodness I'm not a billionaire because I'd spend every penny in there. That guy would get every penny of my money because he he can fire up a crowd and watching. Those big tags, those Antelope Island tags, Arizona governor tags for mule deer, watching those guys that are so generous, you know, they get a bad rap. Those men that are spending half that you, I remember back when 200,000 was a lot for a deer tag. Yeah, and now right. I've watched people spend a half a million on a deer tag. Dude, the yeah. guy just, well, why do you hate him? He, he, he just spent a half a million dollars on a deer tag that you are never going to get anyway. Yeah, you're not you're, you're not going to draw it. You can't buy it. Don't hate him because he can, but just be glad his money's going back on the ground in that state. And I you know, it's having these conversations are so political, you know, but man, be grateful that we have people in this world that can do those things to help us. It ain't hurting us. No matter what you think or believe, it's that that money that they spend on those tags is not hurting us. That money is going to the people that's going to the right people. There's always going to be some kind of something that raises an eyebrow. You got to pay, you know, the money's, they got, you got to pay for the people to come to that. You got to pay for the show. You got to pay yeah. your bills. Yeah. But then the afterwards, man, there's a lot of money that goes to conservation. And I've followed the money trail and I know the people I've been to Oz. I look behind the curtain and, and, and if I stand behind it, I'm telling you, you can trust it. Cause man, I'm a man of God. I'm, I'm going to put money in the right bucket. I'm going to always do the right thing. I ain't going to break any laws. And if I look behind the curtain, I say, hey, guys, this is where we need to put our money. That's where we need to put our money. And that's what you need to go do. If you never had that experience to go watch some of these auctions, I, man, first year we went, I reached up um, to scratch my ear and they flagged me. My wife about slapped me out of the chair because I think I raised my hand at about the 75,000 mark on a sheep tag. And she said, if you've ever been to an auction, you don't scratch, you don't even scratch your ass in a thing like this. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you go uh, put your hands in your pockets, unless you got a big wallet. Um, but it's fun to watch, man. It is it, the energy in that room makes you come out of there proud that you're a hunter. I mean, one night, um, Ted, Uncle Ted, Ted Nugent opened the show by playing the Star Spangled Banner on his guitar. And if that don't set the mood for just America, I don't know what does, man, for hunting. I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. But, man, they open that up. Color Guard comes in. Uncle Ted's up there ripping his freaking guitar and, and playing the Star Spangled Banner. John Bear gets up there with his just, – just got this magnificent presence about him and voice. And he's he's raffling off million or he's, he's auctioning millions of dollars for conservation. This is like hunter's heaven. 
It's just one of the greatest. And there, and there is a raffle too. There is a raffle. They yeah, give away you can. Two, they don't give them away. You, 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 it's a raffle. Five bucks, I think, a ticket to put in. Uh, Two hundred yeah, uh, uh, tags. Uh, Utah puts out, and there's some good tags on there. Oh, Henry, all of the Utah gone, tags. Buffalo hunts. Uh, gosh, there's sheep hunts in there. I mean, there's there's a little bit of everything in there. I just, uh, uh, so, I went ahead and bought mine online the other night. I bought the whole package, and I think it was five hundred and forty dollars. And Which puts every, in for everything. Every single thing that walks the, the state, every unit, every hunt, every weapon in Utah, it's $5 a shot. That's better than some draw odds, man. Some oh, of that stuff, it's, it's better, better than that. Than I mean, I, like, I, like, I don't have enough points to put in for a, a desert sheep anywhere, but my, my name's in the hat for a desert sheep. Yeah. My name's in the hat for a Henry's mule deer. My name's in the hat for Ponsagant rifle muzzleloader and bow in the Ponsagant. You know, like... My name is in there on every one of them. It was like 500 bucks. Mountain goat, bison, elk. I mean, San Juan elk tag. Give me a break, man. Who wouldn't love? And people get it. Like Whitworth. Whitworth got the moose tag. He got the moose mm -hmm. tag for the Wasatch moose a couple of years ago. Right. And so, he but did. I've been going since 2011. I've never gotten a tag, but I always buy the full package. And um, cool. I, I spend more than I make when I go there. I'll promise you that. <laughs> but that's what it's for. That you do. It's what it's, it's what it's for. That's what it's for, man. It's about giving back josh boyd uh the guy i had on the podcast last week the hydrologist uh he drew a heck of a utah elk tag uh i don't know two years ago three years ago he made good on it matt cashel he does a lot of our optics reviews i think just last year he had a a great elk tag in utah so so people do draw them uh the money yeah. does go into conservation that's part of all that money that they raise so it's a good time um it's a consumer show uh people should come out uh come to our come to our seminar room 50 uh 150g on friday and saturday uh 5 30 on friday 4 15 on saturday we'd love to see you there come out support conservation uh marcus did we get everything covered i think so man i just want to say i started this thing um kind of um I don't know. I was passionate. I don't want to come up because a lot of your listenership and a lot of the people in rock slide may not because I don't interact on rock slide a lot. So they may not know who I am. Last thing I want is project the wrong image. I'm not cavalier. So I came on here saying no one has a right to say, you can say whatever you want about who's shooting bucks. My point of saying all that, Robbie, and I want to make sure I'm clear on this before we end this episode is the issue with the wolves, the issues with the mountain lions, the issues in Colorado, are much bigger than infighting about what brand boots we wear, what kind of bow you shoot, or how big a bucks we're shooting. The big, how big a bucks we're shooting is valid for some people in some situations. But let's take the focus off of that. Let's love each other. Let's circle up. Let's love each other. Let's support each other right now. Let's not worry about all those indifferences right now, guys. We can get back to that. You know, when we get back to the good old days, when we want to fight against ourselves, but let's put brand bashing, buck shaming, all of that aside for just a little while. And let's really focus on what matters. And that's let's let's keep the mountain lion hunt alive in Colorado. Let's go to these organizations. Let's sign the ballots. Let's talk to the senators and let's 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 be united. Let's 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 show them what we're really all about, because, man. I love it. I love it. Without hunting, I wouldn't be the man I am today. You know, uh, it's been something in my family heritage for for years. I have grandkids that I worry about how what they're going to see and how what's going to be left for them, right? So, and I know we all, everybody listening, does. But let's put our let's tuck our egos, leave your ego at the door. They say, and put your pride away, 
and be proud of your brother. Be proud of each other. Be proud of anybody that's out legally, ethically hunting. And let's stick together. Duck hunters, mountain lion hunters, turkey hunters, east east coast whitetail boys, west coast blacktail boys, and all the mule deer guys in the middle. Let's stick together and let's let's get this thing done and let's keep our mountain lion hunts alive. Let's sign these petitions and these ballots and and let's have unity. That's that's what I wanted the message to be on here today. And and I hope that it came across, Robbie. And I hope that that when we started this thing off that, you know, I didn't come across too cavalier because I'm not. I'm I'm I want to be I want to be a good, humble servant. I want to serve the wildlife, especially the mule deer, and just, you know, be a friend uh, to every sportsman that's doing it the right way for the right reasons. I couldn't have said it better myself. So let's end at that. Remember, we're all we're all brothers. We're all in this together and we got a fight on our hands and we need to win. So thank you very much, Mark. Thanks for coming on. I will see you what in about two weeks. Yes, sir. Okay, brother. God bless you, man. God bless. Mm-hmm.